Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Grace Hobayan, and I'm your host on this episode of the DIGA podcast. I talk with Dr. Megan Arthur, Associate Program Director of the University of Nebraska Medical Center Dermatology Residency Program, located in Omaha, Nebraska. We have an amazing discussion on the program at UNMC, the city of Omaha, and what she looks for in an applicant, and much more. Without further ado, see you on the skin side. All right, welcome back to the DIGA podcast. I'm here with Dr. Megan Arthur, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Dr. Megan Arthur. I am an assistant professor at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska. I am also the co-director for our Rheumatology Dermatology Multidisciplinary Clinic and Director of Medical Student Education, as well as the Associate Residency Program Director. I did my uh, medical training at UNMC, and then I went on to do my residency training at Oregon Health and Sciences University and landed back here in Omaha straight out of residency and was lucky enough to help start the dermatology department here with four uh, additional members underneath Dr. Ashley Wysong, our amazing fearless chair. So we started the program five years ago. so we've kind of met this amazing milestone part in our department now, and our residency program has been up and running for three years now. So this will be our first year having graduating residents. So we're very excited about the growth that our department and residency program has had over the last three to five years. Yeah, what an amazing milestone. And I think it's so interesting that you helped put together the residency program. What was that experience like? It was incredible. It was honestly something where all of the initial faculty who were just super invested and wanting to make this the most amazing educational experience and environment possible for training all sat down together in a room and we just brainstormed for hours, really. We just talked about what our training experiences had been like, the things that we loved about our programs, the things that we wish that we could have changed or tweaked a little bit. And then, you know, by the end of it, we had kind of come up with what we thought was going to be the ideal residency program. And we've continued to carry that with us through each year. We are definitely a group that continue to tweak and change things as needed. There's nothing stagnant about our department. We're flexible and kind of constantly changing things as we continue to grow and as we have, you know, new trainees come on board. And and so it's been a really wonderful experience and couldn't be luckier to be doing it with the super devoted faculty that we have here. And then, of course, our amazing trainees. Yeah. That's that's really amazing to hear. So more on the program later, but I did want to backtrack and ask what led you to pursue a career in dermatology in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so as a very fair-skinned, freckled, redheaded person, <laughs> um, I was 
definitely well aware of the field of dermatology heading into medical school. I had had some personal experiences there, but at that point, there really wasn't a dermatology department at UNMC. And that meant that my exposure to the field was very limited. And initially, it really wasn't a field that I was heavily considering. So it wasn't until during my third year of medical school, during my internal medicine clerkship, we were able to do a short kind of elective rotation in rheumatology. And I had already knew that I loved rheumatology. It was just one of my favorite things to study through our didactic years. Um, so I was really excited to get that opportunity. And it was during that rotation that my eyes were really opened to the breadth of dermatology um, and really specifically working in the lupus clinic that they had there at the department was just very impactful for me and seeing the cutaneous manifestations in these patients, the toll that it took on their overall well-being. It, it really spoke to me and it allowed for me to see dermatology through a different lens and to understand the impact that dermatologists can have on their lives. That is an awesome experience. And I think even now doing my rheumatology rotation right now, I'm seeing a lot of those cutaneous manifestations of those rheumatologic diseases. It's amazing what the overlap is between the two specialties. I'm wondering if you had considered a career in rheumatology at one point during medical school, or if there were other specialties that might have piqued your interest as well. 100%. That was absolutely on my list. I you know, really struggled actually with the decision between doing internal medicine with that rheumatology focus down the road versus you know, going the dermatology route. And so, um, you know, I, I suppose I hadn't fully, fully decided on dermatology until I went off to do some away rotations. Cause as I said, you know, I didn't really have a home rotation here, um, since we didn't have a department at that time, but after being able to go off to do some dermatology specific rotations at large academic centers where the, there were these fascinating complex med medical dermatology clinics, um, bullous diseases, and I mean, literally anything that you can think of um, in that realm. I was just totally hooked. I There was really no turning back for me at that point. That's awesome. And I think being in the academic setting, you get to see a lot of those interesting manifestations. You get to see those interesting cases. I'm wondering if there were other factors that led you to pursue a career specifically in academic dermatology and teach the next generation of dermatologists. Yeah, there is so much to love about being in academics. Honestly, um, at, at this point, I'd be crazy to do anything other than academic dermatology. It just fits so well. And some of the things that I love about that is um, like you said, it does give you that unique opportunity to really care for a specific patient population that I am highly interested and invested in. Um, it is such a collaborative environment, right? So we've got all of these subspecialists that we interact with and work with very regularly, um, and that just really allows to have just top-notch care for these patients who are so complicated and, and truly need that. It really requires that you stay at the cutting edge of of research within your field, and um, and that is uh, you know a motivating factor. We have these sick patients in front of us, and we need to be totally prepared to provide them the best care possible. Um, and then, of course, as you said, you know having you know getting to work side by side with 
residents and medical students and be that person that they can lean on and offer that mentorship and guidance along their career path really takes the cake. It's a very gratifying part of my job and something that brings me a lot of happiness and especially now that we're at this point where we're going to be graduating our first residents from our program. It definitely stirs up a lot of emotions as I think about the last three years of, of training and working with residents and five years of, you know, working with medical students that our department's been, been going. And it's truly amazing to see the progression and how people blossom and, you know, getting to see people as a medical student, but then now being at this point where they are just so confident and competent, and they're going to be these really amazing, truly independent dermatologists who are going to make a really big impact in people's lives. And so as we've got graduation actually coming up this weekend, and so we already have the boxes of tissues ready for all of the emotions that are going to be spilling out because um, it's just been a really incredible journey so far. And I'm really excited to have this feeling, honestly, each year moving forward. Yeah, I'm I'm sure this this event is going to leave so many people speechless. You know, this is this is really exciting. I'm I'm as an outsider, I'm even excited to see where your um, graduating residents will go forward in their careers. And I I heard a quote from uh, one of the professors at my school, like one of the reasons that he went into academics and why he uh, is so passionate about teaching is because when you're teaching multiple residents students, you're impacting more patients than you could ever see in a day. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really amazing. And that hits home. Yeah that, yeah, that right there does really say it all. Yeah, not to mention the fact that you can have that niche, you can have that specific clinic that caters to your particular interest. And so you are the co-director, as you said, of the Room Derm Clinic at UNMC. So tell our listeners about how that clinic came to be. So our room derm clinic, it initially started in January of 2019. It grew from us having this really robust rheumatology division here at UNMC, 15 plus rheumatologists, and they're just being this very large subset of patients with challenging skin manifestations whose systemic disease was under good control, but continued to have lingering issues with the skin that were not getting better. And that really required, you know, very frequent appointments for these patients, lots of close collaboration between rheumatology and dermatology. And so from that, this clinic became this really beautiful way of allowing real-time collaboration to occur really right in front of the patient while also reducing appointment fatigue, which a lot of patients with chronic illnesses um, face that difficulty. Um, and, and so to be able to have uh, you know, your rheumatologist and dermatologist working side by side, you know, making decisions jointly together with the patient there right in the room, um, you know, and you can do it all there at one appointment. It was so many um, positives to come out of that. And so it's been exciting as the clinic has transformed. So actually, our clinic is going to be expanding as we move forward. So as I said, from January 2019 is kind of when we started. And we initially started with myself 
Dr. Micheline Harthholmes, um, who's a rheumatologist, and Dr. Jennifer Medlin, who is a rheumatologist as well. And we would do a half day of our multidisciplinary clinic every other week. However, this past year, um, UNMC Dermatology has been very lucky to welcome Dr. Sarah Lenowski to our team. And Dr. Lenowski completed a rheumatology dermatology fellowship at Brigham and Women's Hospital. And with her joining, we are going to be increasing the frequency of our clinic to occur weekly um, because we've got um, this amazing team working together. And quite honestly, the every other week clinics has not been adequate. There are so many people to get in and to be seen there. Um, we, we truly do need to increase the access. So we're very excited about that. And then additionally, Dr. Lenowski has um, added in some extra clinics that have been very uh, wonderful to have available. So she has a dermatology only connective tissue disease clinic. So it's not joint with rheumatology there, but just she herself taking care of patients who have connective tissue disease issues with you know, predominantly just skin manifestations, you know, not having um, the systemic disease issues associated with it. So that's been a great opportunity. And then she's also having a psoriasis clinic that focuses, you know, just on those patients. And she's working to collaborate with our department, uh, rheumatology department, to also start a psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, multidisciplinary clinic. So really our program here that we've got going is continuing to grow um, and expand as, as it needs with, uh, you know, the, the patients that we have here and, and the very close collaborations that are necessary with our rheumatologists. It sounds like not only is your team now much more balanced between room and derm, but we're also seeing the extra clinics that would be very helpful for patients. And as you said, with the appointment fatigue, sort of eliminating that uh, in a way and uh, expanding care for patients. So that's, that's amazing to hear. How does the clinic flow work for your room derm clinic? Do they see rheumatologists first and then derm or uh, vice versa? How does that work? So actually, we see them together at the same time. Uh, we typically have a dermatology resident as well as a rheumatology fellow who are also in clinic. And, you know, additionally, if there are other learners, we have medical students joining as well. So it is a clinic and that it's multidisciplinary care. Um, the patients who come to see us, they expect there to be a very large entourage of lots of learners that are going to be joining too. But you know what? They're really open and excited about that because they understand how important it is to teach future generations about these um, you know, more rare or challenging to treat conditions. So it's been great from that standpoint. So oftentimes either the dermatology resident will go in first or the rheumatology fellow will go in first, sometimes by themselves, sometimes they'll go in together, which is really beneficial because then the dermatology resident can see you know, what are the questions that are important from, from the rheumatology standpoint? What are they interested in asking? Um, and so they can kind of grow and learn from that interaction and as well too. But then myself and Dr. Medlin will go in to see the patients together and evaluate at the same time, discuss with the patient um, the treatment options that we're considering and kind of have that 
that conversation openly about, you know, which route they're comfortable pursuing, um, you know, depending on you know, what they all have going on. And eventually, you know, we do get to the point where, hey, their skin's doing great. Guess what? They can discharge from the combined clinic. They can just follow up with their rheumatologist if, you know, their discoid lupus is now clear and doing well on the therapies and they don't need that really close collaboration anymore. We've had several patients, you know, more than that, lots of patients, you know, be able to discharge out of the clinic. And, you know, if another issue pops up um, where we feel like they need that multidisciplinary care, then we just get them right back in to see us. You aren't kidding when you say that the rheumatologist and the dermatologist interactions happening right in front of the patient. And so it's really, it's really cool to see that team approach in the outpatient setting. I'm wondering, I know you mentioned lupus earlier. What are some of your favorite room derm conditions to treat or even which ones are you most particularly interested in researching nowadays? Probably the most common condition that we are treating in our multidisciplinary clinic is patients who have systemic lupus who are also battling very severe discoid lupus, erythematosus. And so it definitely has become my most favorite condition to treat. We see the most of it. And also, we are now at a very pivotal point in research for cutaneous lupus to where we have some very exciting therapies that can work well for these people who otherwise have dealt with years of severe you know, ongoing active inflammation, not improving with our classical immunomodulatory therapies, um, to have some of the new biologics that are available. And then there's some very exciting cutaneous lupus trials that are ongoing, which we're fortunate to be part of as well, too. It's becoming a very exciting time to treat cutaneous lupus. So that's definitely my number one favorite thing to treat um, at this point. I also really love taking care of uh, vasculitis. I just think that's such a fascinating condition. And there's so many different facets and possible triggers and um, things to consider with it. Uh, so that would probably be my number two um, favorite um, rheumatic condition to manage. Yeah, lots of different causes of vasculitis. So lots of variety just within that one manifestation, for sure. As we go forward over the next 10 years, how do you think that the field of room derm will evolve as far as new or improved treatments for existing conditions, and also going off of that, what do you think med students should know as they go forward in the next decade of training or practice? So uh, I'll, I'll answer your first question here first. So yes. regarding um, regarding exciting advancements that might be on the horizon in the next 10 years, I really think that we are going to see a big shift in um, how we manage our, particularly our patients with lupus who have cutaneous manifestations. I, I think that we've seen the world of biologics really grow and show really fantastic results for, you know, improvement in skin involvement and quality of life when it comes to our patients with psoriasis, as well as atopic dermatitis. And I, you know, I think we're seeing similar trends with a lot of the new, the newly approved and currently being studied biologic therapies for uh, for patients with cutaneous lupus, particularly those that are targeting the interferon pathway. It's been remarkable. And, um, you know, the new new medication, anafrolumab, I've been calling it a miracle drug because 
we have these patients who have, again, just been struggling for years and, you know, having all of these secondary repercussions with, you know, mental health issues and just, you know, this constant struggle of their skin being this active ongoing issue for them, despite their, their lupus otherwise being, you know, relatively well controlled with, um, you know, more classic immunosuppressants and so forth. This anaphrolumab medication has been such a game changer for these patients. You know, we're seeing very early on after just one dose of this infusion, two doses, uh, you know, patients are absolutely singing the praises of this medication and, and, um, and I've been loving the results that I've been seeing. So I'm excited to see more of that in the future. Um, and then I think when it comes to what are the most important things for medical students to keep in mind when they're evaluating a patient who may have um, more of a, a rheumatic condition with some skin manifestations, I think it's to remember to be thorough, um, to keep in mind that even though, you know, if, if it's a a student excited about derm and interested in, you know, in the skin that we really need to keep um, our minds and thoughts really broad about what really could all be going on with the patient. So very thorough review of systems, because sometimes what seems like a relatively minor or small rash can actually be insight to a much, much more serious problem going on. So, so I would say don't ignore things other than the skin, you know, the skin is what stands out because it's right there, you can see it, you can tell what's going on, but um, go through that very thorough review of systems and take everything that the patient is telling you very seriously as anything could be a clue to to what's underlying it um, and just just listen to them and um, you know the impact that the that their condition is having and I, I continuously feel so rewarded with caring for these patients when you know when you see them at their worst and then you get to that point where everything is kind of falling into the into place medications are working and you can see them just come back to life you know the light is in their face they're happy they feel themselves you know their connective tissue disease problem is no longer weighing them down on their shoulders and so that is just the best feeling ever really when you when you see somebody transform like that within a matter of you know whether that be weeks to months of caring for them and implementing new therapies it truly is the best thing in the world seeing that transformation it just goes to show that making sure you don't leave any stones unturned so that you can give them the right management, it just drastically can improve their quality of life, which is really our our job. And, and that's that's one of the many reasons why I really enjoy sort of the field of dermatology, just getting to see that improvement in, in the quality of life of patients. Mm -hmm. Going back to the residency program, at UNMC Derm. What about your program makes it stand out among the others? What are sort of the developments that have been going on over the past uh, five years? I'm glad you asked that question. And I might be biased, but I feel like there's a lot that can set that sets us apart and that yeah. I think is really um, you know, exciting and innovative that we have going on here at our program. Uh, one of the things that I think is really unique and should be highlighted is just the um, didactic schedule that we have for our trainees. So uh, we have eight dedicated hours every week. So Wednesday and Friday mornings are all about education for the residents. And that is 90 to 95% plus faculty driven lectures. So, uh, so we're talking you know, well thought out, high quality lectures from people, you know, have been who have been doing this for a while and caring for these patients to really 
really be able to help our trainees, you know, kind of understand and, and delve into these conditions. Um, you know, I think that there's um, definitely a lot to be said for the benefit of that. And we've only had our trainees be super, super happy with their didactics. We have a lot of unique aspects to the didactics beyond it being faculty driven and there being eight dedicated hours. We've got um, kind of different subsets of curriculums that we've integrated in. So we have a DEI curriculum where we bring in folks from the community, whether that be a hairdresser to kind of focus on different hair care practices. We've had um, people come in from the refugee program in town to kind of talk about refugee health care and how it might pertain to dermatology. We've got a business of medicine curriculum to kind of tr uh, help uh, teach the trainees all the things that, uh, you know, otherwise you know, might not seem important in the moment, but, you know, as soon as you kind of step out the door and you're on your own, you need to understand all the coding and billing. You need to leave residency feeling confident that you know how to negotiate a contract, you know, when it comes to selecting your career um, as you head out. And so we've got a lot of that stuff integrated into our curriculum. We have got hands-on workshops. So we do those at least once a month. And um, we have a dedicated uh, version of those hands-on workshops that actually occurs in the cadaver, uh, in the cadaver lab, which has been a very fruitful educational opportunity. They've been able to practice flaps and grafts and excisions, you know, and kind of talk through things without worrying about, you know, saying something in front of a patient that might make the patient feel uncomfortable. So, so that's been um, really wonderful. And then additionally, we, this year, we actually did a nail workshop in the cadaver lab as well, too, since we know it can be, it's a, an area that dermatologists are, you know, need to feel comfortable and confident in doing nail procedures. But the reality is that a lot of people will graduate residency not feeling super confident in nail procedures. And actually, the ACGME case log only requires three nail procedures to graduate. So, so we really want our residents to feel like they have done it all and will be totally confident going out into independent practice to kind of take on whatever comes through the door, whether they're working in a large practice or maybe they're working in solo practice, you know, all by themselves. We want them to feel super comfortable. So we've really tried to build our curriculum uh, around um, fostering that type of success for them. Yeah, I have never heard of a nail workshop before. That is very yeah. unique. And I think it's it's amazing the amount of prep, even with the, the business prep, you know, something that's not traditionally taught in a med school or residency sort of curriculum. I really like hearing about that holistic prep for whichever directions that the residents will choose to go in. Yeah. And, and speaking of the procedures, um, how early do the residents get surgical autonomy in the program? So it actually starts pretty early. Our residents do a surgical rotation every year. Um, so all three years of their training, they will be doing a surgical dermatology rotation where the focus will be, you know, um, high volume Mohs cases, as well as exposure to venal lymphatic medicine. As our two Mohs surgeons, Dr. Weisong and Dr. Sutton are both boarded in venal lymphatic medicine. 
really, they get tons of exposure to surgical procedures beyond those rotations because they are taking on lots of autonomy at the VA where they're really the primary surgeon and they spend um, a large amount of time um, at the VA where they not only have lots of opportunity for excisions and flaps, but actually we have lots of opportunity for lasers at that um, at the VA as well too. So most of our residents are actually meeting their ACGME case log requirements for lasers even before the end of their first year because there's so many opportunities at the VA alone for them to do those um, laser procedures. And then in their continuity clinic, which is a half day every other week, they have a devoted slot where they can schedule in um, excisions for treatment of, you know, maybe they biopsied a squamous cell on a patient a couple of weeks prior, then they have the opportunity to see that patient back and treat with excision in their own continuity clinic as well too. So really our goal is for it to not be just on one specific rotation that they're getting exposure to that, but that it's going to be interwoven throughout all of their rotations where they're going to be getting exposure and there's going to be ample opportunities for them to be the primary surgeon um, when it comes to those procedures. Procedures are interwoven throughout all of dermatology. So yeah, I think it is very important to have that interwoven throughout training as well. And you also have an away rotation that you offer for medical students. Tell us about how the away rotation is set up and what kinds of opportunities are available to med students, be it attending your didactics or taking part in any procedures and what have you. Yeah, absolutely. We are super excited anytime we can get a visiting student to come and rotate through the department. It's just really fun to bring in a fresh face who's excited about learning about our department and kind of seeing what our culture is all about here. We accept students through VSLO, um, so the Visiting Student Learning Opportunities through AAMC. And our applications, um, technically, were due in April. So kind of uh, after uh, April 1st rolls around, we kind of start to review all of the applications and go through that selection process. Typically, we will accept about two medical students per um, month here through the higher volume months of doing these away rotations. So kind of through end of uh, summer to early fall. And I think that's nice um, to kind of keep it at a, a smaller number um, where, you know, you feel like students can really have a great learning environment and not feel like there's so many people in clinic that they're, you know, not able to have close interactions with the residents or faculty, but that they can actually get a really unique view and perspective of what we have to offer here. When the students are here rotating, they 100% participate in all of the didactic sessions. So they were not, they are not in clinic on the Wednesday and Friday mornings. They are with the residents. They do what the residents do. We treat them like a true sub-I. So we want them, you know, to showcase what they got and we give them all the responsibilities there, you know, seeing their own patients, writing notes, formulating, you know, differentials and, and things like that. And they get to kind of give a taste of everything that we have to offer. So we we prioritize them coming through and rotating in the different multidisciplinary clinics that we have, which beyond our room derm um, multidisciplinary, that also in includes a cutaneous T-cell lymphoma clinic. We have HIV dermatology. We have a bolus clinic. 
We have a scar clinic. Um, we also have a ethnic skin clinic. And then they will rotate through Moe's as well as the vein clinic as well too. So we like them to get a little mix of everything. They spend some time on inpatient dermatology, some time in derm path. So just to see everything that we have to offer and we set up touch points for them throughout the month where they can meet with myself and Dr. Adams, our program director, to make sure that the month is going well and that they're getting out of the experience what they want. And our ultimate goal is, yeah, for it to just be a really great learning opportunity. Um, you know, it's expensive to go on these away rotations. And and so we want it, we want people to get out of it, um, you know, what they are hoping for. We want them to come out feeling like they've had an awesome experience and have learned a lot about DERM and that they know what our program is about. Yeah. And with the didactics that you've described and the variety of the specialty clinics that are available, I think, despite how expensive it is, it's more than, you know, very well worth it for the students that do their away rotations there. When it comes to applying for the real thing, what are you looking for in an applicant to the UNMC DERM program? Yes, that's the the the, the question, right? That right. <laughs> that's a fantastic question, and and I, honestly, I think that we just really truly love it when we see a student come through or meet a student, and that like energy and excitement and true passion for the field is it comes through, and it's it's genuine, authentic. You know, we can see it and. And so really what we're hoping for are applicants who can share that passion, who are excited to learn, they're going to be hard workers, and that they're going to, you know, fit in well with the culture that we have here. And so much of our culture here at UNMC is is around, um, you know, making sure that it's this kind of teamwork-based environment where we all pick each other up, um, lend a hand when needed, and and that really our end goal here is to just learn as much as possible to be the best dermatologist so we can take excellent care of people. There's always so much to learn in dermatology. And one of the most important things, at least for me, is to be teachable. And then going the other way, based on your experience with having applied to different programs yourself, what do you think students should be looking for in a residency program? I think that the answer really differs for each person, um, right? So I think that there's so many amazing dermatology programs out there and each has something unique to offer. And so I think that more than ever, it's, you know, students need to kind of dig deep and ask themselves, you know, what they really see for themselves in their career. What are the areas that are, that they really love and are truly interested in within dermatology? And then, really tailor those interests to all of all of what programs have to offer, um, you know, because some programs will be stronger from a surgical standpoint than others. Some programs may be stronger, you know, for pedsderm than others. And so, uh, I, yeah, I think uh, more than ever, we're at this stage where, especially as, you know, things are changing with the way that signals work and so forth, this upcoming application cycle, um, uh, students need to kind of delve into all of that information on the web that programs put out there about what they have to offer and, and see what's getting them excited about places. I, ideally, you know, it's a program that's got 
you know, it's well-rounded and has a little bit of everything to offer. Um, so that way people, again, can feel, you know, that they have gotten everything that they need out of the training to take care of whatever walks through the door. But there's going to be so many other factors to take into account, whether that's, you know, location and fellowship interests that they have for the future. So I would encourage students to work very closely with their mentors um, that they have at their home programs. And if they don't have a, a close mentor there, then to really, you know, branch out and contact others, even other programs, because everyone here in, in academic medicine is very excited about the opportunities for mentorship. And, you know, that doesn't just end with our own students. So I think people can reach out if they have um, questions or concerns as they're, um, you know, trying to figure out those aspects. But uh, yeah, lean on, lean on your, your resources, your, um, you know, students who have been through it recently, residents who you know well, and any, um, you know, mentors, faculty-wise who can who can help you as you kind of narrow down your decisions and so forth. But uh, the reality is, is there's so many wonderful programs that are out there. Yeah. Mentorship is so important that the importance really can't be overstated here for sure. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite aspects of Omaha? What are some things that really excite you about the city? And what are some of the things that residents usually like to do around the city? Yeah. So I love Omaha. Of course, I'm a Midwest girl through and through. So I grew up in a small town in Iowa, but otherwise, um, you know, I've spent the majority of my adult life in Omaha and it is just such a wonderful city. It's got, um, you know, lots of fun little pockets within the city, areas to explore with truly amazing food. I would say anyone who's a foodie absolutely would have like lots of fantastic restaurants to check out, um, check out here. So I know the residents definitely enjoy kind of going to the different pockets of town, whether that be Benson or Blackstone or um, Exarbin and kind of seeing what um, the new food options are that that are available. Uh, right now is an exciting time for people in Omaha, of course, because it's the College World Series, which happens each June here in Omaha. So that always brings a lot of excitement as well, too. Uh, we're known for having the number one zoo in the country. So if anyone's coming to Omaha, that's definitely one of the top things to check out. Um, but, you know, it's a city that I think a lot of people think in Nebraska and they th just think of cornfields and that there's maybe not that much going on. But I think that everyone is so pleasantly surprised with what Omaha has to offer when they do actually set foot here. Just really good-hearted people who are kind and genuine, you know, the kind of place where, uh, you know, you walk past somebody and they're going to look you in their face and say, hi, you know, how are you? And um, and there's there's a lot of fun things that you can get out and do. My, my family and I, you know, we like to camp and check out state parks that are around the area. There's little trails and hikes you can go on. Uh, you know, there's a little bit for everybody. And if you're you know, you're wanting, you're wanting to explore beyond Nebraska. One of the nice things about Omaha is we have a super easy to use airport and you can get anywhere very easily from, from our airport. Um, and so, you know, a little uh, quick skip over to, you know, mountains in Colorado, or if you're wanting to go, um, you know, check out beaches down in Florida. It's easy to get wherever you need to go. So, um, so yeah, I definitely, uh, 
don't ever plan to leave. I love living here in Omaha, but I'm always happy to give people any pointers if they're going to be coming to town about what the most exciting things to do are. What are your favorite restaurants in Omaha? So one of the, so I just went to this really amazing restaurant and I'm not going to lie. I might pronounce it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of food did they serve? It was Italian. Italian. Okay. Oh, it was so good. Okay. It's called Au Courant. I've never really considered myself someone who gets super excited about beets, but the beets at this place, there was like the most amazing beet salad. Oh, it was so good. There's so many places that I still need to explore because honestly, things have changed a lot um, in these neighborhoods and restaurants since I've returned back after doing my residency in Oregon. And of course, um, while I was in Oregon, that's a huge foodie city with tons of amazing restaurants. And I can honestly say that I'm not disappointed being back in Omaha. I feel like they have equally just the most amazing dining opportunities here too. Yeah, that that salad is considering that you aren't into beets usually. That's it's kind of intriguing. You're honestly you enjoy that. Oh man, yeah. it had this crushed like pistachios in it, and Ooh. it was it was really good. <laughs> would it be fair to say that salad can't be beet? So. Yes, yeah, it absolutely would be. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> totally intended. That's what my friends remember me for. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, admittedly don't get out to restaurants as much as I did before children. And now my exciting restaurants that I go to are like, um, you know, the ones that will not care if there's a screaming child in the high chair. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, going out to a, this fancy restaurant was like the highlight of my month. <laughs> right. <laughs> Any uh, additional last advice that you have for medical students who are in their preclinical stage or their clinical stage that are considering applying to dermatology? I would just encourage them to keep putting that work in. I know it feels like, and it is a really, really long road, um, you know, but uh, do what makes you happy. Follow your heart. It's totally worth it in the end. And, and just make sure to soak up as much as you can from each educational opportunity, you know, whether it was a really good experience that you had, or maybe it was a more challenging experience. There's always so much to learn. And as long of a road as it is, um, it is surprisingly short when you get to the end and you realize that you are about to be out all on your own making the decisions. So uh, just, just encourage people to, um, to, you know, keep, keep at it and um, don't take any, any opportunity to learn from a patient for granted. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's important to be happy with whatever path in life that you choose. So that's something that I, take to heart personally as well. And then anything that you would tell, now that you are an attending dermatologist, what would you tell your past self when you were back in medical school? Oh, hmm. Probably, probably similar advice to what I was just saying, honestly. Yeah. Because I think so much of when we are students and 
you know, we're kind of going from one point to the next, right? Like, okay, study all of this, get through that test and then get to the next test and then get to visa applications and then ARIS applications, you know, like we're very much so kind of dependent on each of these little time points, but I just would tell myself to, you know, give myself the time to, you know, celebrate those, um, you know, moments along the way and to also allow myself to kind of look into the future and dream about that future and be focused on things beyond just the now, all the little to-dos and things that we need to do um, and keep yourself feeling happy and whole as a human beyond all of our loves and passions with medicine, but to always, always put our, you know, keep in mind that we need to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. There's so much more to life than just living and dying by every test, living and dying (laughs) by every to-do list item. Um, One of the big pieces of advice I got as an undergrad actually is, again, the field of medicine is a very long road to get to the end goal of a medical career. But along the way, it's important to enjoy those, enjoy the little things, Mm -hmm. enjoy the smallest things and find happiness. I think one of the big things is not to not to wait for happiness to come to you is to actively seek it out. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. And where can listeners reach you if, if at all possible? So you can reach me personally at my email address, which is Megan, M-E-G-A-N dot Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R at U-N-M-C dot E-D-U. Um, also would encourage you guys to follow our Instagram account, which is U-N-M-C Dermatology. Uh, We post regularly on there all of the updates and exciting things going on with the residency and um, as well as, uh, you know, any um, events such as Grand Rounds and things like that, that people would be excited to attend. We're more than happy to have people hop on virtually and attend the Grand Rounds events that we have going on via Zoom. Um, We actually have one coming up this next week. Um, Dr. Anisha Patel is going to be joining us for Grand Rounds on June 27th in the evening. Um, So uh, we have lots of great uh, speakers that come through and interesting cases that we discuss um, otherwise on those uh, Grand Rounds events. So would be happy to um, take questions from anybody and um, just help assist however possible. I'm happy to hear that Grand Rounds are open to uh, any medical students, it sounds like. so Yeah, yeah yep, absolutely. Um, you know, if uh, if people are interested, just reach out and we can make sure that they get the um, appropriate uh, calendar invite and Zoom link so that they can hop on and join. Perfect. Um, I wonder if the graduation is going to be live streamed as well. Oh, oh my gosh, man. I don't know if people want to watch us with that because there will be a lot of sobbing. <laughs> but, um, but we should record it just so we can have it as like a keepsake down the road because it is just such a monumental event for, for our residency in our department. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Dr. Arthur, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the DIGA podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to discuss UNMC and and uh, room derm. Of course. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. And I hope that I have gotten everybody excited about room derm. Um, and and I, I also hope that, um, you know, you guys were able to get a glimpse into, um, you know, what we have here at UNMC Dermatology, because it's a really special, special thing for us. Absolutely.
Well, thank you again. And I hope that a lot of people will become more excited about the program as it continues to expand. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to DurhamInterestPod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 